Good afternoon. Hello, 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 and welcome. Welcome back to chapter 11 of Five Go Off in a Caravan. And it's getting exciting, it's getting mysterious. So let's find out. Do they go back down at the bottom of the hill near the camp? Or do they stay camped where they are? Let's see. So, chapter 11 is called Fun at the Circus Camp. Next morning, while Anne cleared up the breakfast things with George and Dick went off to the farm to buy whatever the farmer's wife had ready for him, Julian took the binoculars and sat on the ledge to watch for Nobby to go out on the lake in his boat. <clears throat> Dick sauntered along whistling. The farmer's wife was delighted to see him and showed him two big baskets full of delicious food. Slices of ham I've cured myself, she said, lifting up the white cloth that covered one of the baskets. And a pot of brawn I've made. Keep it in a cool place. And some fresh lettuces and radishes I pulled myself this morning early. <gasps> and some more tomatoes. How gorgeous, said Dick, eyeing the food in delight. Just the kind of things we love. Thanks awfully, Mrs Mackey. What's in the other basket? Eggs, butter, milk and a tin of shortbread I've baked, said Mrs Mackey. You should do all right till tomorrow, the four of you. And in that paper, there is a bone for the dog. How much do I owe you? asked Dick. He paid his bill and took up the baskets. Mrs Mackey slipped a bag into his pocket. Just a few homemade sweets, she said. That was her little present. Dick grinned at her. Well, I won't offer to pay you for them because I'm afraid of that rolling pin of yours, he said. But thank you very, very much. Next morning, he went off delighted. He thought of Anne's pleasure when she came to unpack the baskets. How she would love to put the things in the little larder and pop the butter in a dish set in a bowl of cold water, and set the eggs in the little rack. When he got back, Julian called to him, Nobby's out in his boat, come and look. He's waving something that can't possibly be a hanky. It must be the sheet off his bed. Nobby doesn't sleep in sheets, said Anne. He didn't know what they were when he saw them on our bunks. Perhaps it's a tablecloth. Anyway, it's something big to tell us that it's absolutely all right to come down to the camp, said Julian. Are we ready? Not quite, said Anne, unpacking the baskets Dick had brought. I must put these things away. And do you want to take a picnic lunch with you? Because if so, I must prepare it. <gasps> oh, look at all these gorgeous things. They all came back to look. Mrs Mackey is a darling, said Anne. Honestly, these things are super. Look at this gorgeous ham. It smells heavenly. Here's her little present. Homemade sweets, said Dick, remembering them and taking them out of his pocket. Have one. Anne had everything ready in half an hour. They had decided to take a picnic lunch with them for themselves and for Nobby as well. They took their bathing things and towels too. Are we going to take Timmy or not, said George. I want to. 
but as these two men seemed rather interested in our caravans, perhaps we'd better leave him on guard again? Oh, we don't want to come back and find the caravans damaged or half the things stolen. I should think not, said Dick. They're not our things, nor our caravans. They belong to someone else, and we've got to take extra good care of them. I think we ought to leave Timmy on guard. Don't you, Jew? Yes, I do, said Julian at once. These caravans are too valuable to leave at the mercy of any passing tramp. Though I suppose we could lock, lock them up. Anyway, we'll leave Timmy on guard today. Oh, poor old Timmy. It's a shame, isn't it? Timmy did not answer. He looked gloomy and miserable. What? They were all going off without him. Again? He knew what on guard meant. He was to stay here with these houses on wheels till the children chose to come back. He badly wanted to see Pongo again. He stood there with his ears and tail drooping. The picture of misery. But there was no help for it. The children felt that they could not leave the caravans unguarded. Not while they were still so uncertain about Lou and Tiger Dan. So they all patted poor Timmy and fondled him and then said goodbye. He sat down on the rocky ledge with his back to them and wouldn't even watch them go. He's sulking said George. Poor Timothy. It didn't take them very long to get down to the camp and they found Nobby, Pongo, Barker and Growler waiting for them. Nobby was grinning from ear to ear. You saw my signal all right, he said. Uncle hasn't changed his mind. In fact, he seems quite to have taken to you and says, I'm to show you all round and let you see anything you want to. That was his shirt I waved. I thought if I waved something enormous, you'd know things were absolutely safe. Uh, where should we put the bathing things and the picnic baskets while we see around the camp, asked Anne. Somewhere cool, if possible. I'll put them in my caravan, said Nobby, and led them to a caravan painted blue and yellow with red wheels. The children remembered having seen it when the procession passed by their house a week or two before. They peeped inside. It wasn't nearly so nice as theirs. It was much smaller for one thing and very untidy. It looked dirty too and had ooh, a nasty smell. Anne didn't like it very much. Not so good as yours, said Nobby. I wish I had a caravan like yours. I'd feel like a prince. Now, what do you want to see first? The elephant? Come on then. They went to the tree to which old lady the elephant was tied. She curled her trunk around Nobby and looked at the children out of small, intelligent eyes. Well, old lady, said Nobby, want to bathe? The children trumpeted and made the children jump. I'll take you later on, promised Nobby. Now then, hop, hop, hop. At these words... The elephant curled her trunk tightly around Nobby's waist and, lifting him bodily into the air, placed him gently on her big head. Anne gasped. Oh, did she hurt you, Nobby? 
Of course not, said Nobby. Old lady wouldn't hurt anyone, would you, big one? A small man came up. He had bright eyes that shone as if they'd been polished and a very wide grin. Good morning, he said. How do you like my old lady? Like to see her play cricket? Oh, yes, said everyone, and the small man produced a cricket bat and held it out to old lady. She took it in her trunk and waved it about. Nobby slipped deftly off her head to the ground. I'll play with her, Larry, he said, and took the ball from the small man. He threw it to old lady and she hit it smartly with the bat. It sailed way over their heads. Julian fetched the ball. He threw it at the elephant. And again, the great creature hit the ball with a bang. Soon, all the children were playing with old lady and enjoying the game very much. Some small camp children came up to watch, but they were as scared as rabbits as soon as Julian or George spoke to them and scuttled off to their caravans at once. They were dirty and ragged, but most of them had the most beautiful eyes and thick curly hair, although it wanted brushing and washing. Nobby went to fetch Pongo, who was dancing to and fro in his cage, making anguished sounds, thinking he was forgotten. He was simply delighted to see the children again and put his arm right round Anne at once. Then he pulled George's hair and hid his face behind his paws, peeping out mischievously. "'He's a caution, ain't you, Pongo?' said Nobby. "'Now you keep with me, Pongo, or I'll put you back in your cage, see?' They went to see the dogs and let them all out. They were mostly terrier dogs or mongrels, smart, well-kept, little things who jumped up eagerly at Nobby and made a great fuss of him. It was clear that they loved him and trusted him. Like to see them play football? asked Nobby. Here, Barker, fetch the ball. Go on, quick. Barker darted off to Nobby's caravan. The door was shut, but the clever little dog stood on his hind legs and jerked the handle with his nose. The door opened and in went Barker. He came out dribbling a football with his nose. Down the steps it went and into the camp field. All the dogs leapt on it with howls of delight. Yap, 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 yap. They dribbled the football to and fro while Nobby stood with his legs open to make a goal for them. It was Barker's job and Growler's to score the goals and the task of the other dogs to stop them. So it was a most amusing game to watch. Once, when Barker scored a goal by hurling himself on the ball and sending it rolling fast between Nobby's arched legs, Pongo leapt into the fray, picked up the ball and ran off with it. Foul! Foul! yelled Nobby and all the dogs rushed after the mischievous chimpanzee. He leapt onto the top of a caravan and began to bounce the ball there, grinning down at the furious dogs. <laughs> Oh, this is such fun, said Anne, wiping the tears of her la of laughter from her eyes. Oh, dear, I've got such a pain in my side from laughing. Nobby had to climb up to the roof of the caravan to get the ball. Pongo jumped down the other side, but left the ball balanced 
neatly on the chimney. He was really a most mischievous chimpanzee. Then they went to see the beautiful horses. All of them had shining satiny coats. They were being trotted round a big field by a slim, tall young fellow called Rossi, and they obeyed his slightest word. Can I ride Black Queen, Rossi? asked Nobby eagerly. Do let me. OK, said Rossi, his black hair shining like the horse's coats. Then Nobby amazed the watching children, for he leapt onto a great black horse, stood up on her back and trotted all round the field like that. He'll fall, cried Anne. But he didn't, of course. Then... He suddenly swung himself up onto his hands and rode Black Queen standing upside down. Good, good, cried Rossi. You are good with horses, young one. Now ride Fury. Fury was a small, fiery-looking little horse whose gleaming eyes showed a temper. Nobby ran to her and leapt on her bare-backed. She rose up, snorting, tried to throw him off, but he wouldn't be thrown off. No matter what she did, Nobby clung on like a limpet to a rock. At last, Fury tired of it and began to canter around the field. Then she galloped and suddenly, all of a sudden, she stopped absolutely dead, meaning to fling Nobby over her head. But the boy was waiting for that trick and threw himself backwards at once. Ha ha, good, good, cried Rosie. She will soon eat out of your hand, Nobby. Good boy. Nobby, you are terribly clever, yelled Anne. I wish I could do the things you do. I really do wish I could. Nobby slid off Fury's back, looking pleased. It was nice to show off just a little to his posh friends. Then he looked around and about. I say, where's that chimp? <sighs> Up to some mischief, I'll be bound. Let's go and found it, find him. Oh dear, where is he gone? Where has he gone? <laughs> I bet I can guess, to be honest. I really do. But I'm not going to say a word because I don't want to spoil it. And we'll wait until tomorrow and then we'll find out where he is. <laughs> anyway, oh my goodness me, it's getting fun. Wouldn't you love to be in that circus? Wouldn't you love to be one of the performers? Oh, I would love, love, love to be able to live in a circus. Anyway, I will go and I'll speak to you again tomorrow. So have fun. Take care. Stay safe. <laughs> and I'll see you all again tomorrow. Bye for now.